Good morning. It's Tuesday, January 5th, 2016. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 228. My name is Chris, and I'm joined right here in studio by... Angela. Hello, Angela. Hello. Happy 2016. Yeah, right? Officially, it is. it happened, uh, and the world didn't end. And since the world didn't end, the news cycle continued, and we have a whole, whole bunch of stories, including breaking news just as we go on air, some interesting tidbits from CES 2016, and then some general interesting headlines that I've been watching Throughout the holiday break, so we have a whole bunch to get to, plus a Kickstarter of the week. So let's bring in that mumble room. Time of probes greeting, mumble room. Hello. 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 Oh, jeez. Oh, hi. Yikes. That was a lot. So uh, let's, before we uh, we go too far, because we were just talking about this on the pre-show, and I said, wait, wait, stop. I want to talk about it in the show. Uh, We got something fun going on, because uh, we're going to scale this year. And uh, we are trying to raise funds for the effort. It's a massive undertaking. And so thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash today because if you weren't supporting us, this idea, we wouldn't even be able to be this far into it without you. Uh, It is going to be a big show. And we're excited. It's coming uh, December 21st, I believe, through the 24th. Does that sound right to you? That sounds right. In Pasadena, California. And uh, we are – Selling a limited run of shirts, T-shirts, and hoodies again for Linux Action Show, not only for scale, but to celebrate the Linux Action Show's 400th episode. And I was looking. I, I love these long sleeve uh, yep. shirts. These are really great. Uh, and of course, the hoodie is extremely epic. Which, Tis the season for the long sleeve. But seriously, the hoodie is rocking. If though, you Nicole. got well, and that, but also we just got done with the jackets. You know, mm-hmm. if you got a jacket, it's your go-to jacket. Like, yeah, it just it, is. I'm wearing yeah, it right now. Yeah, you are, but yeah. also, you need a last shirt to wear underneath yeah. it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But here's the thing. So that's at Teespring.com/slash/last400 because it's the 400 episode of Linux Action Show too to help raise some funds for maybe a party while we're at scale. Uh, here's the thing, Ange. They got an EU version too at teespring.com slash last 400 EU. And they got, they have a tote bag, Ange. <laughs> it's just dramatic pause. They but, do. Yeah. When I was in the process of adding different styles, I was like, what is that? A tote bag? Really? And then I emailed support. I'm like, why is there not a tote bag for the US? And exactly. Like, thank yeah. you. And they said, sorry, it's not available. Yeah, well, okay. So uh, if you are in the U.S., you can order the tote bag from yes. the EU. Yes. And now here's why I'm all in on this. And I don't know if you know this, but I, I want a couple of these totes. Seriously. I know. I know. Totes. Do you, you know why, want though? Some totes? Do you know why? Uh, it just makes sense to have some. Well, yeah, they're <laughs> extremely handy for sure. But uh, for me specifically, when uh, right now I am carrying like my lunch from oh, home to the studio mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a Linux Foundation tote that I got at ah, a yes, con. Right. These totes are crazy useful when you go to scale. That's why it'd be really nice if you're if they're in the U.S. because I would mm-hmm. totally buy one of these just for scale because you get handed a whole bunch of crap yep. and you need a place to put it. You know, my plan for Linux Fest Northwest this year is to hand out swag bags. I want I not want these. this kind. What we got to do similar. is we got to find the people at Teespring and we got to pressure them to move this product. To I the know. US. I, <laughs> I want that. I so know. first of all, uh, I want. Okay, so you want you ask me what colors I want? Yes. Okay, I, I definitely want, need bright red because then yeah. you'll be able to find it. Yeah. So I want one bright Easy. red just mm-hmm. for me. Okay. okay. And uh, I think I want uh, one blue, and I want one dark green. Okay. I think that's what I, I got. Uh, then I'm set. Then I got one for each fest I'm going to go to. Like, uh, it re, you know, I mean, not each fest, but I got one for different fests. I love it. So that's at teespring.com slash last400eu. And if you're in the U.S. and want to get a good deal on shipping and want a shirt, hoodie, a ladies tee, or a t-shirt, teespring.com slash last400. And that hoodie is Super good. And I like, know. The jacket really is. You know what's nice about the jacket uh, is not just the material, and it's not, and it's also super soft on the inside, which I like that a lot too. 
Uh, and the hoodie is soft like that on the inside too. So yep. the jacket has a really nice zipper. So if you need a jacket, that's nice. We don't have the jacket anymore. That's done. But the hoodie now, the hoodie has the same kind of soft material that the jacket it's has a on the pullover. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it has that same really soft yes. stuff. It's it's really good material. And it just fits better. Yeah. I mean, not better. It fits really well. I say better. It's better than like the original. Oh yeah, super the very broadcasting first, yeah. sweatshirts that we did like a long time. Oh, ago. Oh my gosh, we've learned so much. <laughs> yeah, no, we have learned so much, and 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 now we're getting down to like, are the pockets the right size? I and mean, we're getting yeah. really specific now. It's really awesome. It's great. Uh, so teespring.com slash last four hundred or last eu. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, now that also means that week of scale tech talks probably not going to be on the air. Just now, that was that was sort of what actually got the pre-show conversation starting. Is I don't know for sure, but uh, since the uh, yeah, I'll be on the road for some of for some of Tech Talk. We'll have to talk. We'll figure it out. We'll update the calendar, though. Mm-hmm. We'll get you more information. Now, let's go to a little breaking news today. Uh, CES is underway, and uh, NVIDIA has taken to liking to make some big announcements at CES, and they've made a big one. They've announced the Drive PX2 supercomputer in a lunchbox for self-driving cars. They just anou- announced an updated version of the one they've shown off before, the Drive PX, has 12 different cores representing 8 teraflops of calculation power. Flops. Teraflops. Uh, there's a picture of it. Uh, you can see the size. And here is sort of what it might look like in the car. Hmm. Now, uh, I'm going to play a little clip from the announcement today just so you can kind of see uh, how big they're talking up this uh, supercomputer for your car. Four deep learning tops, and as a result, we can perform 2,800 images per second. Now, how many images you can perform per second is pretty important in a self-driving car. I'll show you why in a second. But this is, I think, one of the numbers you're going to hear different computer manufacturers touting. So NVIDIA is at 2,800 right now. We can now infer a lot of conditions around ourselves from just about any camera sensors you can imagine and um, uh, throw a lot of deep learning capability at this thing. It altogether is equivalent to about 150 MacBook Pros in your trunk. 150 MacBook Pros in your trunk. Poppy, what do you think of that? Well, the first MacBook Pro was a G4 CPU, so if it was 150 of those, then yeah, I think that's possibly I guess it depends on the MacBook. (laughs) Yeah, they've cunningly not said which model of MacBook and photographed it from the top, so you can't tell which one it is. That is a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty bold way to put it, though. Uh, So I want to show you uh, how fast the image capture matters uh, on these cars. This is actually from last year, so this is the last PX model that they showed off. But what you're seeing here in this video... and included pedestrian, it would recognize it. So, the- so it's got boxes around different items it's recognized uh, as you're driving along. And here we'll get into actual driving. And you can see uh, as it moves down the road. The training system on. And so some of those unknowns. You see how it's labeled each light is red or green as they go down the road. But yeah, like, so the driver isn't seeing that, right? No, no. Okay. Well, they're, yeah, they're just kind of giving you an idea. Say, that is really distracting. But here's the other thing. I kind of would like it. But here's the yeah, other thing would. that's kind of neat is the computer has the ability not just to identify objects, but be very specific about the type of objects. Well, one of the other things we can do is, in this specific case, we're, gonna do, we're doing vehicle detection. And so we can actually subclass vehicles down. So you can make different driving decisions based on the class of vehicle that you have. So in this case, we're classifying the vehicle. So you can see there's two SUVs in front of us. The bar on the bottom represents the confidence level. This is how strong the neural network believes that what it's seeing is, is this class. That's cool. So it's driving by the wind. Huh. So you see that we have a passenger car tagged there on, on the left. An interesting thing happens as we close in on this intersection. So we begin to get a, a strong number Truck, of detections. Truck, van, SUV, SUV. And we still have the two SUVs that we've been tracking in front of us, but we've now picked up a heavy truck 
on our right. It's actually one of these advertisement trucks you guys see drive around here, uh, an SUV. On the other side, we have a truck and a van. So that's pretty neat stuff. And so you can make, it can make driving decisions based on what kind of vehicle it knows you have, the kind of vehicle those are, just like... Well, just like I do, when I see somebody pulling up in a really fast car versus an old clunker, I kind of make different decisions on if I'm going to wait for them to pass me or I'm going to pass them. You know what I would like to do? I would like to have that self-driving car, and I'd like to be able to throw a ball at it and see what it does. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, because, you, you know, like, cause, yeah. you know comets. You know. Comets? <laughs> yeah. That's your reason? Yeah. <laughs> like, because, yeah, a comet could fly out of the sky <laughs> at any moment and hit a car. Oh, and if man. it's self-driving, like, is it really going to, is it going to be, I would just, I'd be curious to know. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a big, big year for uh, cars and uh, computers in cars. And so, uh, just a couple other items in this vein, just to quickly bust through. Uh, Ford is meeting with Amazon, and they want to integrate the Echo with Alexa in with Sync, so that way you, you can uh, you can have a connection from your Alexa back home with Alexa in the Ford car. And the two can work together. What is it? I don't even know what it is. Oh, okay. Well, all right. All right. Maybe they'll explain you right here. Hello. Alexa, ask my Ford for range and charge status. You currently have an electric range of 10.3 miles. Gas range of 386.7 miles. Alexa, ask my Ford to start my car. The start command has been sent to your vehicle. Alexa, turn on the porch lights. So are you familiar with the Amazon Echo? Um, you know, I think we have covered this in a previous Tech Talk today. The Echo, yeah. 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 Now this is integrating uh, your Ford Sync with the with the Echo, so that way you have, and you know, obviously this is like down the, in the road when your all-electric Ford car is, is being charged in your house, and all your lights are smart lights. Alexa, ask the garage to open. I don't. I don't want to have to do that to tell you the truth. You know, Alexa, Siri, like yeah, it's all female names. So that's the idea, right there. Yeah. It's kind of cool to have, uh, you know, integration outside the home. I yeah, can see that, but I just, I don't know. I'm not uh, quite sold on any of that technology. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Linux Action Show. There, anybody at home listening? The, I just, I just had to the, troll them. Where, I know. Well, you should have played the intro. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, like on the soundboard. That would be uh, great. Just trolling. Um, hopefully, uh, Seth was sitting next to his uh, Alexa and uh, <laughs> just trolled it. <laughs> Seth, who? Scooby Sprite. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So, uh, Mumble Room, any thoughts on the, the Alexa integration before we move on? No. Okay. Also, Ford uh, looking to integrate. Uh, CarPlay and Android Auto into its vehicles as well. That's where you get a lot of the functionality of your apps on your phone connected to your display. That's a bad idea. <laughs> it is. I like it. I like it, it. it is. Like, let's let's distract each other more while we're driving. Like, I, I, the idea here is uh, like you know you got an audio book or a podcast or maps are better on your phone and so they get updated more frequently on the phone. Yeah, but, but they're not going to disinclude uh texting or phone right like, and plus the car still apps. has all its own crap in there too but Please. i i think it's interesting that they are really doubling down on this stuff that that to me is the is the more interesting yeah. part of the story yeah uh okay so let's talk about some news that broke this morning that the uh, chat room uh, made me hip to log me in has just made their first major update to LastPass since buying the software and it's adding an emergency break-in feature to LastPass. emergency break-in Emergency break-in. Wait, like a built-in vulnerability? 
I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. Mm-hmm. No, I it, thought so. No, LastPass. <laughs> uh, so here's a few new things in LastPass 4.0. It has a new modernized user interface as well as features designed to promote secure, simple password management for individuals, oh. teams, and companies. Isn't Spazzy C, Seth? No, Scooby Sprite. Yeah, okay, well, I thought he had another nick. I don't know. Maybe he does. Why don't you tweet him and ask him? Uh, uh, so on the features, the biggest change for um, the biggest change is new emergency access feature. This is the big deal. A new feature in 4.0, emergency access lets users designate trusted family, friends, or colleagues to have access to their password vault in case of an emergency. So somebody dies or something like that, somebody else yeah. could get access to your password vault. For added security, a user can require a waiting period between when an emergency access contact can request access to the vault. During the waiting period, users can decline an emergency access request to their vault. Also, the update will offer revamp sharing through the new sharing center. Uh, and I thought about this, and I thought, this, isn't it funny that the, the first feature that last, or that LogMeIn adds after they buy LastPass is a creepy let people into your password vault yep. feature? Yeah. That struck me as like, that's kind of an odd first feature to put forward at when you're bought by a new company. What do you think, Paul? Because I know you and I were chatting about that on the pre-show. Yeah, I as an old man, uh, I, I I worry sometimes about you know what happens if I get hit by a bus or you know just croak one day yeah. and my wife has no access to anything like you know she she has passwords for her own stuff but I have a ton of stuff that she would never have access to and I I often like chat to my friends about you know should we have an escrow service where you know I have a gpg encrypted file that i give to you and you give me your gpg encrypted file and if either one of us croak then our wives have the password and we can unlock them and that kind of stuff but this seems a lot easier that i could just right. let her have access to my last pass vault in the event that you know it could be that i hit by a bus and i'm not dead but i'm in a coma and she needs to access some stuff to you know renew a domain or whatever mm. i don't know but those kind of that that is a really super useful feature i would i would totally value this I wonder, too, if uh, maybe it has a lot of value in the enterprise or business. You know, use LastPass as a business to track all of your logins. And then somebody quits or gets fired. You got to move access around. Now, I know the business accounts have other accommodations for that, but it seems like that could still be useful. Mm -hmm. So I could see it there, too. Uh, You don't have to use the feature. I like the time-delayed request functionality of it where you could, say, request access to my vault, and then I have a couple days to decline before you get access. Mm -hmm. That seems kind of nice. So yeah, you could you could abuse that though. I yeah. guess you know if you know if you know if you if you're going through some acrimony with your husband and he goes away for a weekend, he's, AFK, you know, he's yeah. going to be disconnected. You you could try it during that you know the weekend maybe. Yeah, hey, aren't yeah. you going away in like two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> going to scale, right? Damn it! Uh, so there I you am go. Too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that's the new 4.0. Also, uh, new uh, UI. What a, and Q says uh, he has a question about uh, the NSA. Go ahead, Q. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how this system is going to, to be implemented uh, and if the government can just say, well, hello there, can I have access to mm. Chris's uh, account? Hmm. Yeah, I suppose if you're adding the functionality to open it up. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess because, I guess yeah, what is it technically, is it now providing another way to access the password database without having to have the master password? Right. Well, what's the qualifier? How do you, do you have to prove your family? Does, I don't know. I do don't you have know. to have a search warrant? I think the qualifier you know, like, is I set you up ahead of time. Oh. So I, I specifically oh, I added see. you. I but see. I suppose if you could then come to if you could come to log me in and say, uh, we've discovered that you don't have a standardized way to access people's password vaults uh, when the master password is no longer available, we would like you to also give us access to that. I don't know. 
Maybe we're just paranoid, but I think that's a good question to ask at least. Oh, that's a great uh, suggestion title. Hmm. Hmm. Last Pass Family Plan. <laughs> uh, well, the, yeah. the fact that I, well, the, the, from my standpoint, I see a backdoor being promoted as a feature. I mean, this, <laughs> I'm not happy with this. Yeah, it does, <clears throat> it does seem like it bypasses the master password, which is a bit of an issue. I don't. I, I, if anybody out there has any information on how that works, techtalktoday.reddit.com, there will be a feedback thread for 228. If you have the scoop, I'd like to know. Uh, so this is something that I have been sort of on my soapbox about since the plan was announced by T-Mobile. Their, their really classy named Binge On program, which allows you to binge as much Netflix or YouTube as you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then well, essentially what they've done is they created a tiered free internet where some services are free to the end user, like Netflix and YouTube, and other services like Jupiter Broadcasting or Twit or 99% Invisible or whatever, any other podcast out there that's not a huge, massive, multinational corporation doesn't have free bandwidth for the user. And I, I thought this was just a bad idea to begin with. It's essentially net neutrality in reverse. Mm-hmm. Well, the EFF has been digging into this, and apparently others are as well. And they agree, it's not only is it sort of tipsy-topsy on the net neutrality paradigm, it also turns out they're just downgrading all your video. Yeah, and All of it, including Netflix? I'm not sure. Let me, let, oh, me, okay. let me get to this part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Netflix, too. Yes. Uh, I, don't know if they're, I don't know if they're downgrading video not included in the Binge On program, but anything included in the Binge On program is automatically being downgraded to lower quality. Of course. And, wow. Um, YouTube really started raising a fuss about this because all of a sudden users started complaining the videos didn't look right. Uh, so it's been going on since November, and they call it a feature. <laughs> uh, the EFF says, no! T-Mobile's Binge On is just lazy throttling, and indiscriminately applies it to all video. Uh, so and I, when they say all video, I'm still not quite clear if they mean all video through the Binge On program, if they well, actually mean all video. Yeah, yeah it, it implies all video, but... Uh, right. So here, oh, oh, okay. Here we go. The EFF actually breaks it down for us. The tests were performed were streaming a video embedded in a web page using HTML5, so Jupyter Broadcasting, so they're downgrading Jupyter Broadcasting video, downloading a video to the phone's SD card. What? Downloading a video to the phone's SD card, but with a file name and the HTTP response headers changed to indicate it was not a video file, it still was recompressed, and downloading a large video file for comparison... Uh, using a, using like a Wi-Fi, they could they could they could compare the files. Each test was done over an HTTP connection, which allowed T-Mobile's network to observe the content of the connection and perform optimization, labeled binge on in the graph below, which we'll get to, over an H- uh, and over an HTTPS connection, really, which uh, prevented. Oh, okay, over HTTPS, it prevented T-Mobile from observing the content and thus was not optimized. So over anything, oh, any, so any video over HTTP, regardless of the file extension got optimized because they're doing packet inspection. And any, any video over HTTPS was not optimized. So North Ranger says that you can opt out of the downscaling, but then your cap applies. Yeah. All HTML5 video streams, even if the phone is capable of downloading at higher speeds, and regardless of whether or not the video provider enrolled in Binge On. Wow. That really pisses me off. We work very hard to encode our videos just right with X264. To get just the optimal bitrate. Wow. So, and the thing is, is they, they are re-encoding an encoded video. So when you encode something already encoded, you, you're, you're not, it's not like when you go from a Blu-ray to the first X264 v- version of the v- video. You're re-encoding something that's already had 
gigabytes of data removed from it. Our latest finding is that T-Mobile's video optimization doesn't actually alter or enhance the video stream for delivery to a mobile device or over the mobile network in any way. So they're not like they're not doing variable bitrate to like respond to network conditions. The optimization consists entirely of just throttling video streams. If the video is more than 480p, the server sending the video doesn't have any way to reduce or adapt the bitrate, and the video uh, and as the video isn't being streamed, as a result, the stuttering and, and, and uneven streaming can occur. Exactly the opposite that T-Mobile claims the optimization feature will have. So I'm going to say that again because it's so common. If the video is more than 480p, more than a, so more than a standard def signal, if it's more than 480p, the video will often suffer stuttering and uneven streaming. Does that also imply like extra buffering? Yeah, so like that, yeah, it's yeah. going to come across kind of as a buffering. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, have, I, have, I have hated this since the day they announced it, and now I, I hate it with a passionate, passionate fire. I <laughs> hate that they are taking our video and making it look shittier. That really drives me crazy. And not only that, but then they're incentivizing people not to watch video on their mobile devices. In the, it's just what, what really, uh, what really is kind of disappointing is this: this binge on program is working um, in the RV community uh, of full timers. This is sort of T-Mobile sort of become the go-to uh, hotspot service if you have signal for people who live in their RVs full time, because then you get to watch Netflix in your RV. Mm-hmm. Or YouTube, and so like people are saying, go to go to T-Mobile, go to T-Mobile. It's not that bad. If you have Signal, it'll work really good because they have Ben John. And not only do I hate the name, I just hate yeah. I hate it. But I also just I just despise them rethrottling video. It's really it's really too bad. Uh, any thoughts in the mumble room before we move on? This is just really bad. It shouldn't be happening. The, the recoding is just even as bad as the throttling. I can't believe this. How are people just still buying this? Yeah. Well, the guy's got uh, a pink shirt and a leather jacket, and he, sometimes he says the S word. <laughs> so that's why people buy it, I think. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they're cheap. That's why they're doing it. The T-Mobile is just super cheap. Um, yeah, the only way I can use the T-Mobile network is if I also use the CDMA network, like the way that Ting does it. Ting has two networks, and so I can use T-Mobile in some areas, and I use CDMA in the others, and that's how I'm able to do it. But just being just on the T-Mobile network doesn't do it for me. Hey, a little bit of uh, a little bit of news for tomorrow. Uh, no, not tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Wednesday. Oculus Rift pre-orders will be going up on January 6th. So yep. you can get the Oculus Rift, the real deal. Uh, so there you go. I'm just putting it, putting it out there. We'll see. Just want to give you guys a heads up if you're listening to the show. One last sort of news story before we get to our Kickstarter of the week. I thought this was a really fun story. So I love old computer stories. I love me some Star Trek. How the Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry's words were freed from old floppy disks. When Gene Roddenberry's computer died, it took with it the only method of accessing some 200 floppy disks of his unpublished work. Here's how the mystery was solved. See that, see that old computer there? Mm-hmm. They, uh, they don't even actually know the brand of that computer. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, he had a whole bunch of stuff stored on 5.2-inch uh, floppies, you know, those big old floppies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when he died in 1991, he left, back, he left behind a couple of shoebox-sized containers full of these big floppy disks. Uh, Roddenberry's estate knew of the two possible computers the author had used to write the final words. One had been sold off in a charity auction, and the second wouldn't boot when plugged in. Rather than accept the no-win scenario, Roddenberry's estate turned to DriveSaver's data recovery. According to Cobb, uh, which I believe is Mike Cobb is the director of engineering at DriveSavers, the majority of the disks 
were 1980s-era 5.2-inch double-density discs, which were capable of storing... You ready for this, Ange? Megabytes, right? Not even. What? 160 kilobytes. Wow. 160 kilobytes. He's, uh, he's rolling over in his grave. Cobb <laughs> said a few of the discs were formatted in the DOS format, but most of them were formatted in an older operating system called CPM, which was which was control program for microcomputers. Microcomputers. It was popular in the 70s and uh, late 70s and early 80s. Crazy. Ultimately, it lost out to DOS. Uh, the data recovery firm couldn't get Roddenberry's old computer to power on and had to sleuth through a physical layout of the tracks on the disk. They opened up the disk and actually went through the physical tracks. It took three months just to reverse engineer that process. To make matters worse, about 30 of the disks were damaged with deep gouges in the magnetic surface. Aww. As luck would have it, though, Cobb said that the physical damage was mostly over empty portions of the disk, and they believe 95% of the data was recovered. All said, Cobb said that when the operating system files were excluded, about 2 to 3 megabytes of data was recovered from the 200 floppies. It doesn't seem like a lot, but in the 1980s, documents were very, very small. So two to three megabytes of just text yeah. is actually pretty significant. Uh, what's on the disk, you might ask? Yeah. We don't know. Really? Yeah. Uh, drive savers won't say because of client confidentiality oh, practices. come on. And uh, PC World reached out to the Roddenberry State, uh, but they said they had no comment. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. man, what a tease. I know, I know. Maybe we'll find out one day. The, it'll Jeez, be... I can just imagine what was going through your brain as you're scrolling through this. Like, yeah. okay, tell me what's on I'm it. Like, come I want to know. It's an unpublished there... episode. Yeah, it's an unpublished yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Super... <laughs> no, no, no. They say. Well, we'll find out maybe one day. All right, Andrews. Chicken! All right, let's, uh, everybody in your mumble, everybody in the mumble room, get your judge pants on. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do something that uh, Popey and I we know we're traveling here soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to get something for us that... Uh, Sort of fits that. That's what this Kickstarter is about, is finding something that fits that. Now, uh, it's got 226 backers. They have a goal of 26000 They've already raised $46,828 with 23 days left to go. They're in good shape. It's called the Progo. They already hit their goal? Yeah, because yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, 26. The, the Progo, a revolutionary carry-on backpack. That's right. It's a backpack. Got a built-in shelf system. Dude, 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 collapses down into the bag. I want this. I want this already now. <laughs> <laughs> it's got built-in uh, spots for. Uh, it's got a hidden pouch for like your passbook and stuff that's uh, on your back, so it's secure. It's got a slot for a laptop, a big one. It's leather. Will it make me attractive like these men? I think so. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It does. <clears throat> I don't think he had all of his clothes in there, though. Well, you only need a few. Guys don't need a lot of clothes. Well, but they showed that. that, that it's got a mesh pouch, Ange. Built-in shelf, and then he put a bunch of clothes in it. That That's all the clothes fit. you need. That's all the clothes but you need. But it didn't fit in his backpack. It's got a dedicated shoe slot. That's Isn't that not wicked? A dedicated shoe space so they don't get your stuff all yucky. A big opening front pouch. That apparently fits a basketball. And a towel. That's cool. You can put in camera bag slots. How neat is that? So you yeah, can put all your gear cool. in there. I, waterproof. That's that. It's waterproof. It's got cable holes for your USB outs for charging stuff in the bag. It's got Bluetooth, oh. so you can find your bag from your phone. What? Yeah. So that way, if you leave it, accidentally lose it. Designed to fit perfectly in the carry-on over uh, over on over overhead carry-ons for planes. Sorry. Tablet compartment. 
Waterproof is really nice. Waterproof fabric is really nice. I do live in Seattle. The Pro-Go, a backpack for people on the go. Oh my gosh. What do you think, Ange? So that's the Pro-Go. A whole new travel backpack camera bag with built-in shelf, shoe compartment, and a Bluetooth tracker. Experience comfort on the go. You never travel with shoes. (laughs) I always wear shoes when I travel. What are you talking about? You wear them. You don't put them in your backpack. Yeah, although when I went to... uh, But you could put something else in there. When I went to Denver, you could put a bong in there. You could put put a gun in there. All that stuff would get go flying going on the airplane. Wow, wow. I kind of want one. So what is the cubic uh, storage? Wow, we're asking about the square store. Okay, so by the way, uh, it's it's getting up there in price because because it's going so fast. Uh, it's getting up there at two hundred and twenty three bucks oh right now. Oh my god! Well, a really high quality piece of I don't know clothing is sometimes expensive. Clothing. I've changed my mind. Too yeah, much? right. Well, see, if we would have got in early, we could have gotten in at a uh, hundred bucks. Yeah, I blame you, Chris. It's <laughs> your fault for not <laughs> telling me about. This I know I sh- we should have done it on Friday. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. So it's a thirty five L. Here we go. That. Look at this. Yeah, Look I want to watch here. that. See, this, I think, is out. Oh, the clothing does stay in there. That's pretty neat. That is pretty neat. I actually think this That's thing, all that fit in there, though. Yeah, but that's all guys need. I'm telling you. That's all I need. That's, that's five <laughs> days worth of clothes right shirts. there. Shirts. <laughs> the jeans I'm wearing. <laughs> this project was boosted with kickbooster.me. I don't know about that. That's interesting. So, uh, oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So they're from Canada. So here's the removable shelf. Look at that thing. Look at that. That is a great idea. I like that it has hooks designed to hang in the uh, hotel room, too. Or, you know, I could hang them in any closet and just use it. Dirty shoes away from all the rest of your stuff is really nice. This is a really Yeah, nice or you could just put them in a bag inside your backpack. I mean, like, I really... It's hidden pouch is boss level. Look at this thing. But I'm not look, at, look at that hidden pouch right there. That's not hidden. I can see it very well, clearly. Well, no, but that's up against yeah, your back. That's against your back when you're carrying you it. Well, that's horrible. You inside a tote bag, couldn't you? Yeah, for twelve dollars. Good enough. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, the Bluetooth tracker never lose your bag in the crowd. I think it's kind of a neat idea. Well, the good news well, is you wouldn't lose it in the crowd because you'd be the only idiot wearing it. No, I don't think it looks one. nice. And look, it's designed to fit in the overhead. Yeah, carry no, on. It's a bit industrial. To be it honest. does come on waterproof though. So there's your dimensions, Ange. It's astronauty. Fourteen inches. It's fourteen inches wide, seven inches deep. Or uh, you could fit a body in that. Yeah. No. Look, that's a big backpack, and I love you know this you know the camera stuff. That's is, the complete storage of the bag, though, pretty much. Well, no, because you except see, except for the laptop. There's a felt. There's a felt. Uh, there's a felt bottom piece. And then you have the slide out clothing organizer. No, I don't. I think that's removed. No, 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 no. no pretty no, sure it is. Nope, 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 nope. No, that's the badass thing. And come on, legitimately, when I'm going to fests or cons, that would be that would be very helpful. That is that for me. Is very useful. I just I would really like to have that. No, that is the whole thing. You could take those. You can take the. You can take the because uh, they're all velcroed in. You can take these spacers out and you can use it for more clothes storage if you want. No, I know, but like there's. I don't think there's anything underneath that camera except for the the rest of the the bag. Like it's. No, there is. There's the clothing form underneath it. I don't, I don't think know. so. There's a side loading clothing compartment. Side oh, loading. Oh, side loading. Yeah, it's side loading. Oh, they showed it front load. Yeah, no, it's there's a side loaded loading clothing compartment that you can put stuff in underneath the the camera compartment. It's that badass. I don't know. It's that badass. I don't know. I, 
Is this entire segment you lobbying Ange to get one of these? Things? Is that basically what we're listening into? <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't two hundred bucks, yeah, you'd be, you'd be hearing me doing the hard sell. I just think this is good. <laughs> I'm just I think we I think when we I think when we identify a good Kickstarter, uh, we should uh, we should say it's worth backing. That's all. I just think this is I think this is worth backing. Two hundred twenty three bucks also is. Because the utilityness of having a camera bag and a clothing bag being in one bag and the separate bong holder, it is almost worth it. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry, gun holder. Jeez. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I don't no? know. No? All right. What's no. the final? Mumble Room, what's, what say you? Uh, is this worth backing or is this, a, is this a pass? Well, one question. Can you actually remote lock it if, if it gets stolen, like an eye device? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I would like to know more about the tracker, too. Like, how does that actually work? How good can you actually track using Bluetooth on your smartphone? Yeah, how close do you have to yeah, be? Yeah, that's like a range of three, four meters or something like that. I mean... Inagogo says they cheated. What do you mean, Inagogo? I, I think this is a great idea. I think the idea here is sound. Uh, the pricing might be a little more than we like, but, you know, oh. this is, these are small batch, guys. These are small batch bags. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait until there's a Chinese knockoff of this, which they inevitably will be very soon. Planned retail price is eight hundred dollars. All right, that that's it right there. Okay, let's close out the Kickstarter segment. That's done. We're all done with that, I think. All right, we'll have a link to that in the show notes if you are curious. If you think you want to get one, which I kind of do, but I just can't really afford it, and then I understand uh, that's okay. We'll have a link in the show notes. Maybe it's for somebody else out there. I think somebody that goes to conventions brings cameras. I think it's a pretty nice thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, you know what else is a pretty nice thing? Supporting the whole dang Jupiter Broadcasting Network over at patreon.com slash today. Patreon.com slash today is where we're raising funds to do all kinds of shenanigans for the year of 2016. This is where you invest in the infrastructure, the base of Jupiter Broadcasting, and we really appreciate it. The funds here are used to help the entire network, help support staff. All of those things come from funding here, and we need more of it because we have big ambitions. And right now, right now we're just getting started. Like what you see today is really sort of us waiting for the next le- level of funding to come through. And I'd love to do even more with you. Patreon.com slash today. And also don't forget, if you'd like to help specifically with the scale effort, last 400 at teespring.com. And if you're a patron, you're already helping. Thank you very much. And you can go get yourself some swag if you like from the last 400. Or you can go over to Patreon and sign up and just help us on an ongoing basis. Because guess what? Scale isn't the only event we're doing this year. Andrews, anything you want to touch on? Any notes? If you want to see Chris and Noah at scale, you can use Last40. Oh, yeah. Get a promo code for scale. Yeah, mm-hmm. Last40. Get 40% off. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there's another. Yeah, if you're going to make it down there. And we'll also be having, I think, we're kind of, we're, we're formulating, you know, we're formulating our plans right now. And we're thinking maybe uh, the 22nd, we might do like a, a an action breakfast. Because <laughs> cool. Noah's coming in, you know, we'll get in uh-huh. and uh, we'll get, we don't know really now. It's all kind of up in the air because we don't, Noah doesn't have flights locked down yet. Yep. So, so go stalk us on Meetup. Yeah, meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. But we're thinking we might do like a, a brunch or something like that uh, because everybody's got evening plans at scale. Yeah. And I'm leaving Friday. You are. That's my plan is to leave Friday. Oh. And because Noah gets in Thursday night, Friday morning. Yeah. So we'll have a little well, time. Okay, because you can hit Ubicon and scale. yeah, exactly. I'll so. be there for Ubicon. I'll be there for the first couple of days of scale, and then when Noah gets in, we'll do our meetup, mm-hmm. and then we'll part ways. And I'm going to try to book it to get back to here by Sunday. Wow, for last? Yeah, at ten? No, you're going to do it later that day. We'll see. Yeah. Well, right now we've lo- wow. we moved last to noon. Oh, okay. Ongoing on Sundays. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is the calendar reflecting that? For a couple of weeks, but I, I need okay. to get updated on all of them. Okay, uh, I'll do that. Uh, so yeah, so I don't know. That is going to be nuts. I might yeah. end up parking in Oregon and oh, maybe sure. doing the show. I don't know. That's not ideal. I don't know. Right. We'll figure that out. But will Noah still be at scale? 
Yeah, he'll be there ah, till the end of it. Great. So I'll be there for Ubicon in the first few days, mm-hmm. and uh, then he'll be there for one day while I'm there, and then the last few weekend, which will probably be pretty big. Okay. He'll probably be there for some of the big days. I would imagine Saturday and Sunday are going to be pretty big. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm excited about Ubicon. You excited about Ubicon there, Poppy? Oh, my gosh, yes. I was looking at the schedule, uh, uh, and there's a whole load of scheduled tasks, uh, scheduled um, talks, um, but there's a bunch of empty slots where people can do... Um, there's like a unconference part at the end. So if, if people want to come along and give a talk about a project that they're doing or, you know, uh, or want to lobby someone else to get them to give a talk about, uh, about something, I've, I'm, I'm giving a talk about a little project that I've been working on with Stuart Language and uh, I need to write that talk. But cool. Yeah, it's, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty neat. Well, so there you go. Uh, and if you'd like to submit, submit stories or uh, content to the uh, Tech Talk Today show, Go over to Tech Talk Today. Is it techtalktoday.reddit.com? Why am I why am I blanking on that right yes. now? Because it's been like a week since I've done this. Yeah, techtalktoday.reddit.com. Uh, that's where you go to get stories. That's where we got the Kickstarter of the week from. Uh, thank you to Chaotic Linux for submitting that. Uh, and uh, also he submitted something called the Doki Watch, which you might check out and see if you want to submit it as a future Kickstarter if they have enough time left. Okay. We're and- gonna- Oh, I was just going to say that if it hasn't already been announced, Tech Talk Today is going to be on Tuesdays mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah. This is the new new time slot. However, um, not next week, but the week after. During Scale Week, it it may not be. Yeah, during Scale Week, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but going forward Tuesdays, because we moved Friday. Friday's got sun. Friday's cleared out for, for me as a work day for a bit So, longer. yeah. So change your work schedule. Or, right. No. <laughs> change your time. So that you can around. come live. Yeah. Yes. So yes, that you obviously. Can, so you can participate in yeah. this awesomeness. And then just... Take the whole day off so that you can participate in Linux Unplugged just a couple hours later. That's probably what I would do. I would do it, yeah, too. Yeah, and then just make it up on Friday. Just make it all <laughs> yeah, up on, yeah, when just, everybody else is not uh, working when, Yeah, when nobody else is working on Friday, yeah. just work your butt off. Double it, double down. So, because, uh, you know, we've got this live mumble room. We love to get the live insights as we go. we got a great chat room over jblive.tv. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get that converted to your local time. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I was talking about Star Trek. You guys know me. I love me the Trek. <laughs> And uh, I had a I had a great old Star Trek commercial. I bet none of you've ever seen that I wanted to. Had roll. you seen it? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh wow! It's not technically it's it's a commercial that stars Star Trek characters and well, rips sure. off Star Trek, but, but it's not about Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. It's, okay. You're, you're, not, you're never gonna guess. You'd never guess in a million years. So I'll just roll it. Thanks for joining us. TechTalkToday.reddit.com for uh, content. JBLive.tv to watch us live. Patreon.com/slash/today to support us, and uh, we'll see you back here. Next Tuesday. So good this box never closes. I've got to have more milk. Mr. Spark! My search for something super chocolatey has led me here. Must be my delicious cocoa pebbles. Fascinating. They're yours if you take me on the Enterprise. Mmm, mega chocolatey feast. Speed ahead. Most cocoa pebble cereal, part of this nutritious.